The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. And you can be seated in God's presence. Glory, glory be to God. Let's start from John chapter 4 this morning. John chapter 4. We've been um, talking about knowing Jesus since the beginning of last month. It will be a major, major key to our transformation. The more of Jesus we see, the more of Jesus we know, and the more we become like him in our attitudes, in our character mainly, the better positioned we are to experience all that God has ordained for us. John 4.22, if you're familiar with John chapter 4, this was Jesus having a conversation with the woman that he met at the well. And he made this very interesting statement. I just want to pick verse 22 out of the entire conversation. You worship what you do not know. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship. Or more appropriately, who we worship. For salvation is of the Jews. Hallelujah. There is a power in knowing the person you are worshiping. It's possible to be worshiping God. It's possible to be worshiping Jesus. And not know him as you ought. And that's what Jesus was pointing out to this woman. And then Jesus said, we, 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 we know who we worship. He used the word worth there, but was referring to God. I love the way somebody said it to me recently. He said one challenge many Christians have is that they are doing all they can to practice the principles of God. And when you come to church, we teach principles. We teach worship. We teach prayer. We teach giving. We teach tithing. We, we, we teach all these things, love work, we teach the word of God. He said, many people try to practice these things, and he said this is why many people fail. They are practicing the principles, but they are not taking time to develop their relationship with the principal. And he said it will always end up in failure and frustration, because primarily Christianity is not a religion. It's not a religion. Christianity is primarily and essentially a relationship. It's a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So it's essential for every believer to know him. To know him one on one. Hallelujah. It's not enough to come to church and hear about the things we, the principles we outline. And we will, you see, we are not going to stop teaching principles. Because that's also a big part of what we are doing. All these things we do week in, week out. We are not going to stop doing them. But when people forget this part, and that's why we are taking this series and emphasizing it a lot in, in this um, Total Life Transformation season... It's a big 
part of why many of us Christians are not enjoying the package of what we ought to be enjoying. Even though you are praying. Even though you are fasting. Praise the Lord. Tap your neighbor and tell him or her the principles are not everything. The principle is the most important thing. And what do I mean by the principle? We are talking about Jesus. We are talking about God. So again, I want to challenge you. Take this season to look into the face of Jesus again. And look more closely at this Jesus that you are worshipping. Look more closely at this Jesus you are worshipping. See, it, it, it fascinates me at times. And I, I was saying this in the pursuit we had um, yesterday morning, here Saturday morning pursuit. Our country and our nation, we are, we are going through some very tough times politically. But you know, politics affects every other thing. And of course, many people have financial challenges, marital, all one challenge or the other. And a lot of these things can be traced to um, some of the challenges that are going on in the nation. And it's fascinating how, for many people, that now spills over into their service of God, into their worship of God, into the relationship they have with God. And even you and I that are still consistent and faithful in church, we, we, you, you can apply this to yourselves. You know the tension that sometimes comes and the things you, you have to do to overcome those temptations. But you see, why some people fall away or fall out of their work with God during tough times, it's because they have not taken time to do what we are talking about this morning and this season. To just keep their eyes on Jesus. Glory be to God and focus on him. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 12 once again. Well, I'm not sure whether we have even shared this text in this series, but I know it's a very familiar text. So Hebrews chapter 12 from verse 1. Keeping your eyes on Jesus. Glory be to In fact, please, before we, we read Hebrews 12, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Hallelujah. I have a number of scriptures I, I want to share with us this morning. Many of them familiar scriptures, but we just want to go over them again. 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, um, from verse 16. Glory be to God. I love the title in my Bible, Seeing the Invisible. Seeing the Invisible. And that invisible you are now need to see is Jesus. We can't see Jesus physically. Hallelujah. We can't touch him physically. But there's a way the Bible tells us to relate with him. And particularly those of you that may be challenged in one area or the other that is um, attacking your faith and your stand and your work with God, what we are talking about here is very, very vital. Therefore, we do not lose heart. You will not lose heart in Jesus' name. Even though our outward man is perishing, I'm reading from verse 16 of 2 Corinthians 4, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light afflictions, which is but for a moment, is working for us. This Apostle Paul's um, conclusion of all the troubles he was having in ministry. And it's because he had the right attitude. Hallelujah. And he had the right disposition towards what he was going through. Which is what you and I also need to embrace for such a time as this. 
the, the, the afflictions we are facing, and notice he called it light, it's actually working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Praise the Lord. Like Pastor Dupre said, the glory of God will not end in your life after seven days of glory. Only the meetings ended. The glory will be forever in Jesus' name. Stay your neighbor, whatever it is you may be going through. If you have the right attitude, you will end up with a higher level of glory. And, and this is the key, verse 18. Look how you are going to develop this attitude, maintain this attitude, while you look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. It all depends on who you are, what you are looking at or what you are focusing your attention on. While we look not at the things which are seen, the things which are seen, I, I was telling them yesterday um, in the prayer meeting, I went to the passport office earlier in the week to get my daughter's passport. And the things that were seen were very discouraging. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Not long ago, I was, I was um, in another country getting passports. I've been to passport office of uh, other countries. And the things that were seen there were very encouraging. <laughs> you, you live in the world, I live in the world, particularly in this part of the world, where the things that are seen, if we focus on them, they can cause you to lose heart. Again, I pray for you, you will not lose heart in Jesus' name. But look at, look at what he's asking you to do. Do not look at the things that are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary. Hallelujah. It means they are going to change. And for you and I, they are going to change for good in Jesus' name. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Hallelujah. So keep that thought in, at the back of your mind. Now go quickly go to Hebrews chapter 12. Because Paul did not, he just called it the things that are not seen. Hebrews chapter 12 puts it in a, in a clearer focus for us. Therefore, we also, seeing we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and you see, therefore there, he's referring to what he was talking about in Hebrews chapter 11. And Hebrews chapter 11, he was talking about the people that lived this earth, and walked by faith with God and did amazing exploits. Hallelujah. Talked about people like Abraham and so many other people. So those are the people he's referring to here that he is referring to as the great cloud of witness that surround us. Praise the Lord. Remember what we said during seven days of glory, the impartation, um, grace impartation services, that we have a common salvation. We have a common faith. The faith Abraham used, or the faith David used, or the salvation Abraham experienced, or the salvation David experienced, is the same salvation you and I have. And the book of Jude said we should contend for that faith. And what we are really talking about today is part of how we contend for the faith. There's a way you take advantage of what has been given to you. And what they are teaching us here, this text and the one we read in 2 Corinthians 4 is vital. A lot of it depends on what you focus on. Think about Abraham for a minute. Romans chapter 4 told us Abraham's secrets. The Bible said Abraham did not consider his body that was now dead 
Neither did he consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. So when the word of God came to him at the age um, of almost 100, that this time next year you're going to have a child, your wife will, con will conceive, God told us what Abraham, I mean, the Bible told us what Abraham did that year. He consciously, deliberately took his eyes off the things that were seen, the things he could feel, the things he was experiencing, because there was no hope in those things. The Bible said he hoped against hope. So he was in a hopeless situation where the things he could see, he could feel, he could touch was concerned. But at the end of the day, he came out victorious. You will come out victorious in Jesus' name. It doesn't matter what you're going through right now, my brother, my sister. Hallelujah. God told me to come and encourage somebody today. You are coming out victorious by this time tomorrow in the name of Jesus. You just need to know what to do. And what to do is what we are talking about here. Hallelujah. So he said he did not consider those things, but he considered that he had a God that could quicken the dead. Hallelujah. He considered the word of God. And that's what this scripture is saying here. Look at it again. We have a cloud of witness. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Notice it's giving you responsibilities. Notice it's giving you your to-do list. Notice it's telling you the steps you need to take. Consciously lay aside certain things. Hallelujah. Watch out for the snares. I was telling them in prayer meeting, we were praying yesterday, the snares of Satan. That we prayed against it. When you have a word from God, when God tells you things like he has told us, this next six months, I'm giving you grace for speed. I'm giving you grace for promotion. I'm giving you grace for explosion. And he tells you this is what you need to do. Your stewardship and things like that. Watch out for the snares. Because Satan is not going to stop because you have a word from God. Is somebody here with me this morning? In fact, according to the word of God, the temptations will grow stronger. Maybe there are even some of you here, the last one week, the temptations you've had to face has been stronger than before the word came. Please don't be surprised if that's your experience. The Bible said afflictions arose for the word's sake. So even if it feels as if it's getting tougher, after the word of God came, after you came for a conference, even if it looks bleaker, don't let that face you. You see, that's why we teach these things. That's nothing new. Hallelujah. It's nothing new. The afflictions arose because the word of God came. So he said, lay aside these things, run the race that I said before you, this next six months, run the race that I said before you, and this is it. This is what Paul was doing in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 with a bit more specificity. Did I pronounce that right? It's a bit more specific here. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Looking unto him, who for the joy that was set before him 
endured the cross, despised the shame, and he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. I prophesy over you that shall be your own testimony and experience as well in the name of Jesus. Like Jesus experienced promotion, you also will experience promotion in your endeavors in the name of Jesus. We keep our eyes on Jesus. We keep our eyes on Jesus. Now, Pastor, how, how can I see Jesus? Or how can I keep my eyes on Jesus? That's what the, the kind of um, thing we want to talk about today. One way we do that is we keep our eyes on the name of Jesus. We cannot see Jesus physically, but deliberately heaven has exalted the mighty name of Jesus for us to keep looking at that name, believing in that name, calling on that name, trusting in that name, particularly when we have challenges that are trying to weigh us down, that are attempting to keep, in, to keep us from running our race. Are you here with me? Glory be to God. Tap your neighbor, say, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And there are many things you will see when you look on Jesus. There are many things. Jesus is, is just awesome in many ways. And the direction we are going this year um, is a bit different. And I know that. We are not emphasizing... Uh, the, the miracle power of Jesus, which we can do. We theme today's service the name that is above all names, but really that's not what we've been focusing on. We are not emphasizing that he is, is um, all-powerful, all-knowing, and we can do all that, and there's nothing wrong if you look at that. But I am deliberately led by the Spirit of God to emphasize some certain character traits that I've found quite alarming that they are telling us that even till today in heaven, Jesus is still doing those things. So we've emphasized the fact that Jesus is a soul winner. You will be amazed how such things can encourage you when you are going through tough and try, trying times. Jesus is a soul winner. Praise the Lord. Jesus is an intercessor. We talked last week about the fact that Jesus is a servant. And I'm still going to dwell on that a little bit um, this morning. Praise the Lord. Say with me, my eyes are on Jesus. I take my eyes off everything else and I focus my gaze on him. Hallelujah. Quickly go with me to the book of Acts. Let me, um, Acts chapter 19. So our relationship with him, the principal Jesus, is as vital, probably even more important than the principles he tells us to practice. That's even, I think that that's even a powerful thing for us Christians that we should always celebrate, that our walk with God, and I think it's a major, major, major demarcation between the old covenant and the new covenant. It's not about do's and don'ts for you and I today. Someone may be here, I have not been praying. That's why I'm ashamed to come into the presence of God. That's not primarily what it's all about. Ah, I've not been serving God as I ought. I've not been doing the things I ought to be doing. While those things and those principles are important, 
your walk with God is not primarily based on that. Can I hear a loud amen? Please understand this thing we are saying here. Your walk with God is primarily based on your relationship with him. He is your savior. He is your father. He is your provider. He is your shepherd. So even when I am not applying the principles as I ought, my relationship, hallelujah, is still intact. The relationship stands by itself. Glory be to God. And I can still fellowship with him, reconcile with him, and as I'm beholding him, looking onto him, keeping my gaze on him, keeping my eyes on me, he can begin to correct me in the areas where I need to be corrected. That's why this is a better covenant based on better promises. It's founded on the relationship. Glory to God. Acts chapter 19, we read about when Paul went to um, Ephesus and his ministry exploded. Glory be to God. Verse 11 tells us that God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. And before they knew it, an entire continent was being reached. The fame of Paul's ministry and the gospel was just going far and far and far. Now, please, what I want you, what I want you to see here, look at verse 13. While the, the relationship with him, knowing him, is vital above all else. And why you and me should develop our work with him. Seeing him in the light, we need to see him. Developing our work with him. And then those things that we are seeing in him, he now empowers us to live them out. Verse 13, some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call on the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exorcise you in the name, by, by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. I'm sure you are familiar with what's happening here, many of us. These people saw Paul doing miracles, mighty signs and wonders, casting devils in the name of Jesus. But look at what was missing here. They didn't have the kind of relationship Paul had with Jesus. They did not know Jesus like Paul knew Jesus. So the Bible said they tried to practice the principles that Paul was practicing. Do the things Paul was doing. And you know what happened in verse 15? The evil spirit answered and said to them, Jesus I know. Paul I know. But who are you? Somehow the evil spirits were able to discern that these people don't have the kind of work they ought to have with God. Yes, they are calling the name. Yes, they are praying the prayer. Yes, they are doing the service, but the, the work they ought to have with Jesus, something is missing in it. And you know what happened? The Bible said the man in whom the evil spirit leaped on them, verse 16, overpowered them. Nothing will overpower you this season in Jesus' name prevailed against them so they fled out of the house naked and wounded. That will not be your story in Jesus' name. But, but please, there's a very vital lesson we need to learn here. Our walk, you see, it, it's one thing to do what you are being taught to do. It's another thing to have that walk with him. Praise the Lord. And many times that's what makes the principles work. That's what makes the power of God to work in your life. Glory be to God. 
it's, this is not just about casting out demons. So this goes to our prayer life. This goes to our seed sowing. Hallelujah. One of the main things we've been talking about a lot in this second half of the year is that we can't afford to be general in our work with God, in the instructions we receive from God. There is the place of general instructions. Oh, everybody should serve God. Everybody should serve God. And it's important to take heed to the general instructions. Everybody should serve God. Every Christian can cast out demons. I'm sure these seven sons of Siva, they must have had Paul preach from the Great Commission. He that believes in me, they will speak in new tongues. They will cast out devils. Hallelujah. So they took it upon themselves to also try to cast out the devils. How many people here have tried to do something in the name of the Lord and it didn't quite work out the way you thought it would work out? Can I get a witness? We've all been there. If you've tried, and if you've not tried, you should be trying. Hallelujah. And what was missing was what Jesus told that woman, you do not know who you worship. Hallelujah. You do not know him. So pray with me again this morning, Lord Jesus. Someone open your mouth and pray, Lord Jesus, help me to see you. Help me to know you. Hallelujah. Help me to become more like you. Come on, sincerely open your mouth and pray that prayer. Open your mouth. If you are trusting God to do amazing things this season, you want to see manifestations in your life, help me to see you, Jesus. Help me to know you. Help me to know you. The things I ought to know that I don't know. Help me to know you. Kanamasakaya laborotosa. Open your mouth and pray. Pray that prayer. Glory be to God. Pray that prayer. Manda bosokoto pa yala pasatanda dada. E yala vrakata pa yala pasatanda. Help me to see you. Help me to know you. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So God has told us that our major key. I want everyone to pay attention to me very closely. This second half is our stewardship. And it's amazing that in the place of serving him, you see, I think that's one edge Paul had. Paul was a servant of God. He always introduced himself as a born servant of Jesus Christ. In the place of finding that place where God will want you to serve him and serving God, to the best of your ability and the best of the grace he gives you, there are things about God that he begins to reveal to you personally, that may not even tell people generally. You come into a walk of intimacy with God that you did not have when your stewardship with him goes to another dimension. Hallelujah. And the things that God has ordained to be manifested in your life, you will just find that they are beginning to find more expression. I have witnessed that in my life, and I'm sure many people can testify to the same thing. Just by doing what God called you to do, and just growing in it, getting better at it, you find out that God will begin to reveal secrets to you. We talked about that during the midweek service. The secret of the Lord is with those that fear him. And the Bible in many places connected the reverence for God with serving God. Hallelujah. God, God begins to reveal secrets to you. And all of a sudden, you are doing things that other people are not aware of. And it's causing amazing results to be manifested in your life by the hand of Almighty God. And I decree over you again, child of God, this second half of 2018, that shall be your experience in the name of Jesus. The speed that God has ordained for you will be your experience in the name of Jesus. 
the promotion and elevation that God has ordained for you, you will come into the fullness and the expression of it in the name of Jesus. And the multiplication, the explosion that God has ordained for you, you will experience it in Jesus' mighty name. It will not be taken from you. Hallelujah. But your serving God and how you serve God is vital. It's vital. And now what you need to do on an individual level when God has given a general word like that is find out from God specifically in what way can I serve you. If you're already serving, in what way can I serve you better? And if you're not serving, I want to start this thing. Hallelujah. I want to get into this thing that they are talking about in church. And like I said last week, look, this is not something you are going to do in the effort of your own strength. You will fail or you will get burnt out if you do that. You do it by still looking on to Jesus. Glory be to God. Keeping your focus on Jesus. What are you looking? Jesus was a servant. He is still a servant. Jesus is not sitting down in heaven. I shared scriptures along that line last week. I don't want to go into that. I want to go somewhere else this morning. He's not sitting down in heaven crossing his legs and saying, hey, I have done all the work I'm supposed to do, which he has. And he's not serving humanity anymore. No. The Bible told us he's still shepherding us. He's still our shepherd till today, till tomorrow. He's still interceding for us till tomorrow. He forever lived to make intercession for us. So till now, he's still serving mankind. And that's where you draw your inspiration from. Glory be to God. That's where you draw your encouragement from. Hallelujah. So in what ways can I serve God? I'm, I'm going to start from a church perspective. Serving God is not limited to church. No. But I believe it should be connected to your local church in one way or the other. Every child of God ought to be planted in one local assembly or the other. And there should be a correlation between how you serve God, however God leads you to serve God, and your connection to that local assembly. So what we've done in this church, and um, a number of you are, are aware of this, is we've created different platforms where people can serve because we realize that so many people want to serve God, but sometimes they just can't fit into the place where they belong. Sometimes it's not even that. Some people don't serve in church because maybe they're offended by one thing or the other. Tap your neighbor and say, lay aside the weight, lay aside the weight, lay aside the weight. Some people don't serve God because of one Personal experience they've had in the past. Sometimes it's just a deception of the enemy. Please tap somebody again and say, lay aside the snare of the devil. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Say with me in the name of Jesus. I will not miss out on everything and anything that God has for me this season. I will connect with my stewardship and I will experience the rewards that God has for me. The first platform is that you can serve God by catering for the people that come to this church. 
that is a vital place where anybody that is interested in can serve God in this house. Please pay, pay attention and listen to me very carefully. Although we are talking about it's going to affect your next six months, one way or the other. Glory be to God. Now, not everybody we found over time, not everybody feels um, like that's the place where they, they, they want to serve God. But this church is broken down into cells, into home church groups, into zones. We, we break everything down, and we have people that oversee every other person in church. So that if someone doesn't come to church, we can follow the person up. So that if somebody has an issue, has a challenge, they need to know everybody can be running to see the senior pastor. Okay, this is the person I can talk to. This is what I'm going through. Please let me mention that again in church. In church. If you are in a church family, learn to take advantage and leverage what is inside the church. I shared the testimony of somebody last week. She had some financial bills to pay. She didn't have the money. Don't, don't be carrying burdens on your shoulder alone. And it's not just finances. There are people that have challenges in their marriage, challenges in their career. Look, it gets to a point where you know, you know what, I, I need help. That's why we have people that serve other people in church. Discuss those kind of things with your pastors. Now, I've gotten some other feedback about this. Some people think the moment they tell church about it, it means the, the solution must come next week. No, that's not what we are saying. That's not what we are saying. And we are not trying to make church responsible for your personal life issues. No. The Bible is very interesting. Galatians chapter 6. The same verse, it said um, we should bear each other's burdens, which is what we are trying to do. But it also said that every man should bear his own burden. So when we say when you have issues, financial other things that you seem to be struggling with, let pastors know that can pray and support you where we can. We are trying to bear your burden with you, not take over your responsibility. We can't say that because church says we want to help people in paying financial bills, they have that, ah, church must now be paying my rent. I was talking to a pastor the other day and he said someone was complaining that it's taking too long. We do it as God enables us. If it's taking too long, why can't you go and solve the problem yourself? Listen, listen, listen. Please, I want everybody to, to hear me very clearly. I'm, I'm being very practical on church level this morning. Don't misinterpret the good intentions of God and thereby put yourself in a position where you're now angry with church, angry with the pastor, angry with people. Watch out for the snares of the devil. Hallelujah. What we've said is that as a church, we should be there for each other. Can I hear a loud amen? And we are. At least to the best of the ability God gives us. The minimum we'll do, because we have people that are focused on the people in this church, and that's the essence of the church, the people. The minimum we'll do is to pray. Hallelujah. So I, I talked about that sister yesterday. She had that issue. Of course, I'm praying with her. And after a while, on her own, even though she had told church, and church had not really done anything, God started helping her. And she just came and said, oh, wow, this is, a, this is the only small amount that is left. That alone even encouraged me personally. And I said, today, that issue is closing your life. Every burden in your life, I prophesy over you by this time tomorrow. And by the power of Almighty God, it shall be resolved in Jesus' name. Yeah. Now, I'm saying all that I'm saying this morning under the umbrella of the fact that the name of Jesus has been given unto us. And it's a name above all names. What does that mean? That name is more powerful than any other name known to man. There's no sickness, 
The name of Jesus is not stronger than. You know every sickness has a name. There's no financial challenge. The name of Jesus is not stronger than. There's no marital problem. The name of Jesus is not stronger than. Hallelujah. The, the name of Jesus actually represents to the believer Jesus himself. There is no situation, personal or national or international or even global, Papa, that the name of Jesus cannot handle. Hallelujah. If Christians will learn how to apply it appropriately. Praise God. So when God tells us to serve, are you still here this morning? When God tells us to serve, it is part of positioning us to enjoy the benefits he has for us in Christ Jesus. Look at that story I read from you in Acts chapter 19. The sons of Siva tried to use the name of Jesus. As powerful as the name was. The name of Jesus or the power of God was greater than those demons that beat them. But watch what happened. The demons were the ones that defeated them. You will not be defeated in Jesus' name. Obviously, there was something wrong in their application of the name. And I'm telling you, it had to do with their personal work with Jesus. Look at the response the demon gave them. Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Who are you? Hallelujah. If you really read between the lines, what that demon was telling me is, you don't know this name you are calling. Like Jesus was telling that woman at the well. You don't know the name you are calling. You are just trying to call the name because you had somebody else calling the name. And I'm telling you, child of God, Paul grew in his revelations of the name and his understanding of Jesus in the place of serving God. Are you with me this morning? It's not the only thing. You can study scriptures, you can worship, and all, the, all those things bring revelations of God into our lives. But so does our stewardship. Hallelujah. And when God specifically speaks to us, glory be to God. This season, I want you to serve me. Hallelujah. It brings us into revelations of Christ. And I tell you, when we call on that name, hallelujah, when we pray in that name, things happen. Glory be to God. So you can serve God by serving the people. Serve God by serving the people. We've done something in that regard now in church. We, we've introduced a level of leadership. We are calling shepherds that we support the pastors. Either it was the pastors that we used to give that responsibility. We now realize because there are more people in church now, we need more people working with them. Anybody and everybody can get involved. Can I hear a loud amen? Secondly, and I'm going to just do two today. I will do two again next Sunday. Secondly, you can serve God by serving in the departments in church. We call those ones service groups. The first one, we call them our home church groups. That's another place you can serve God. You can serve with the choir, serve with ushering, serve with technical. In any of these capacities, it's a stewardship to God. Hallelujah. Now, please let me say this here in that regard. Coming to church on a Sunday morning in itself is also a form of service. Can I hear a loud amen? That's why we call church service service. Glory be to God. So please, let me let you know, by you coming this morning, you're already serving God. I mean, at least you are doing something better than that guy that didn't come to church today. But you can't stay on a level of stewardship forever. 
So after a while of coming to church, and there are many of you in this category here, you need to now say, okay, now I come to this church, rather than just sit down when I come for the service, what can I be doing to serve other people? Can I handle the camera? Can I arrange the auditorium? Can I undo one of the equipment? Can I sing? So, because every time we gather for a service like this, some people ought, ought to have prepared those things before the service starts so that the service experience can be a glorious experience. Praise the Lord. So, I want to stop with those two for this morning. Because what you and I need to do now is to now take practical and specific steps. The word of God has come to us. Tap your neighbor and say, serve him, serve him, serve him, serve him. And after a general word like that comes to you, what you need to do on a personal level is to now take practical steps. Hebrews 12 says, lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily besets you and run with patience the race God has set before you. You have to take responsibility. You have to take responsibility for your stewardship. Somebody say, my stewardship. You, you ha it's your responsibility. If you serve God the way you ought to serve God, and each one of us has different ways, the demands God will place on me as the pastor of this church to serve him will be far greater than the demand he will place on someone that just started coming to church two months ago. But both the person that just started coming to church two months ago, maybe the person just started coming to church two months ago, God is just telling him, make sure you are in church every service. And that's okay if you are relatively new in a church. But that can't be my goal. So he takes responsibility to ensure that he's always in church as a step towards running the race that God has set before him. I take responsibility. Hallelujah. And both of us are just getting set for what God has to do for us. So serve the people in terms of focus on the people that come to church. If you would like to get involved with that, just talk with your resident pastor or your shepherd. You can make inquiries in church. Join a department in church. You can also ask the ushers or anybody. I want to start joining these people that I like these things. A few weeks ago, I remember one of the young ladies that started coming to church. She came to meet me. I think it was after service that she wants to join the, the video department or the... I said, hey, that's fine. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And hear me, child of God. The more you serve Jesus, the more you find yourself in the place where you ought to serve him, the more of Jesus will be revealed to you. In the place of stewardship. Hallelujah. There are things that come to me, revelations that come to me, just, just because I'm pastoring this church. Many of the things, if not all of the things I teach, they come by revelation like that. I'm praying over the church. God will just speak a word into my heart. And I will take that not only to use for church, I will use it in my own personal life as well. And it will bless me. You will be blessed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And most importantly, hear me and hear me very well. I have learned when people that are in active service call on the name of Jesus, declare things in the name of Jesus, there is usually a quicker response because of the revelation that they have built with him over time than someone that doesn't really serve him. Your story will not be like the story of the seven sons of Siva in Jesus' name. When you call, God will answer. 
When you call, the heavens will move on your behalf. When you declare that name, because it's an all-powerful name, doors will open for you. When you call on that name, angels will be, will be someone to attend to you in the name of Jesus. But the key is service. Oh, hallelujah. The key is service. Praise the Lord. And in this season of your life, glory be to God. I see that wonderful matchless name doing amazing exploits in your life. In Jesus' name. Let me close this morning by declaring and reminding you of the things the name of Jesus will do for you. Glory be to God. Lift your hands where you are and say, Father, thank you. I'm aligned in stewardship. I'm positioned where I ought to be. Come on, somebody declare it. I'm serving you as I ought. I'm taking responsibility for my stewardship. And I thank you, Lord, every time I call on your name, every time I believe in that name, because I'm rightly positioned, answers come for me. Doors open for me in the name of Jesus. Romans chapter 10. Listen to this very quick. I just have about four or five scriptures to share with us here. Hallelujah. But there is no distinction between the Jew and the Greek. Romans 10 and verse 12. For the same Lord is rich. The same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Hallelujah. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. I decree over you this morning, as you are positioned in your place of stewardship, please, you see, sometimes when we read scriptures like this and we don't read the whole portion of the Bible, that's why sometimes we miss out some things. Someone can take this verse now and say, hey, the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that is true. And things look, whoever is whoever. But when you read, that's why I read that scripture to you in Acts chapter 19. The seven sons of Sceva are called on the name of the Lord. Were they saved or not? They were not saved. So what happened? Is the scripture contradicting itself? No, they are deeper truths. They are deeper truths. Last week I took time to show you about the benefits of stewardship. There is a difference between a poor, hallelujah, that is serving God. And in that place of his stewardship, he's getting to know Jesus more. Deep things about Christ have been revealed to him when he calls on the name, Hallelujah. Than somebody that is not serving God but just came to church service randomly and they said, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, and he doesn't want to serve, he just called on the name of the Lord. And though what we are teaching is true, Romans 12, Romans 12 here is not a fallacy. There is a level of just particularly maybe things like when you are getting born again. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past and things like that. It's true, there's salvation at that level. But the other realms you won't enjoy. There are other realms. You see, the, the things the Bible teaches us, please hear me and hear me very carefully. It's so vital that we don't pick and choose. I, I was teaching on Wednesday, talking about the wisdom of God. There are many ways to get wisdom and walk in the wisdom of God. And one of them is what we are dealing with this, this month on the Wednesday services. Please, I want to encourage you, if you don't come for midweek services, do your best to be here. The fear of God, respect for God, reverence for God. The more I grow in that, my, that aspect of my work with God, you will just be amazed. There are more things of God you will know. The same way, the more you serve him, hallelujah, there are just some things that you will just know. 
And then when you stand on scriptures like this, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, you will find out that the response is different for you than someone that is not serving. Serving, serving. So I decree over you, hallelujah, as you take responsibility for your stewardship and you locate yourself where you are to serving God, every time you call on that name, heaven will respond on your behalf. Oh, you better believe it. Listen, when we teach like this and share like this, there are two things we are trying to encourage. Number one, for you to move from where you are to where you belong. Let every man lay aside the weights and the sin that so easily besets us and let them run with patience the race that I said before him, for them. So whatever it is that is keeping you from serving him, I challenge you today and I speak over you today, grace to lay it aside, receive it in the name of Jesus. Because the way you serve God will determine or it will affect the way the name of Jesus works for you. If you can learn anything from Acts chapter 19 about Paul and the seven sons of Siva. The way you know Jesus, your revelation of Jesus will determine how much of him finds expression in your life. If we can learn anything from the discussion with Jesus and the woman at the, um, Jesus and the, woman at the well. You worship who you do not know. You are worshiping him quite alright. You come to church quite alright. And there's a level of blessing for that. Am I right or am I right? But there's a deeper level when you know him as you ought. That's our quest this season. For everybody, from Pastor T to the least member of this church, to know Jesus more, hallelujah, than you know him today. So that the things he has promised can find expression in our lives. Your level of revelation of him affects what you experience from him. The same way, your level of stewardship, the quality of your stewardship affects what you experience from him. The same way, the level of your walk in reverence for him affects the wisdom of God that operates in your life. You will not miss out in any of these three things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Serve him. Serve him. And experience what he has in store for you. Proverbs 18 and verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. <laughs> the righteous run into it and are safe. Glory be to God. Again, this is a scripture anybody can stand on. Any Christian can stand on it. But have you heard stories about Christians? Please hear me, hear me. And I'm, I'm trying to be very sensitive here. But I also want to communicate truth. Have you heard about Christians that die in a car crash? That die in a plane crash? That die in car accidents? I've even heard a lot of people that they are calling Jesus while the accident is happening but nothing happens. But then we have the story of people like Apostle Paul. We, we, read, we, we heard about that in Acts um, 7 Days of Glory. While he was on that boat, Hallelujah. And there was a storm that was going to kill them. And then the angel of the Lord came and protected him and protected the guys that were in that ship with him. Look at what Paul told them. He said, the God whom I, whose I am and what? Talk to me, somebody. The God whose I am and? See, Paul knew. And I'm trying to communicate that to somebody here. 
even though God provides protection for all of us, his children. We, we read the scripture last week. Let, I don't have the time for that. Malachi chapter 3, the last verse. God said he will separate those that serve him from those that don't serve him. They will be mine when I make up my jewels. He will decorate those that serve him from those that don't serve him. God blesses all his children. God protects all his children. But your stewardship, hallelujah, can come to play where your protection is concerned. So when a Paul is going through a shipwreck and he calls on the name of the Lord, there is response. And then somebody else calls on the name of the Lord as if God is on vacation. That will not be your story in Jesus' name. There is no storm that the name of Jesus is not greater than. There is no economic recession or adversity that the name of Jesus is not greater than. There is no health challenge, family crisis, that the name of Jesus is not greater than. I'm telling you, child of God, this morning, our positioning in stewardship can affect the kind of results we get when we call on the name. How did Peter and John, that man they healed at the beautiful gates, that guy had been sick there. Peter and John, they called on the name of Jesus, pulled him out of that cripple, made him whole. Hallelujah. How did they develop that kind of faith and revelation in Jesus? It's because they served him. Because they knew him. Hallelujah. They knew that name. And they grew in their revelation of that name in their place of stewardship. Glory be to God. Let me give you one more and I will close here. Are you getting something this morning? I love this one. Psalm 99 and verse 6. Psalm 99 and verse 6. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. They were his servants. Samuel was also among those that called upon his name. They called, hallelujah, upon the Lord. We're going to do that this morning. Because we have been given a name that is above every name. A name above every sickness. A name above every financial difficulty. Glory be to God. They called on that name and what happened? God answered them. I decree and I prophesy over you. Every time you call on the name, God will answer you. The sickness will bow to the name of Jesus in your life. The economic difficulty will bow to the name of Jesus in your life. That challenge in your home, in your family, your marriage, it will bow to the name of Jesus in your life. But please read between the fine prints here. When Moses called, God answered. When Aaron called, God answered. When Samuel called, God answered. What's God trying to tell you here? They are stewardship. Oh, there's this place where whosoever, whether they serve God or don't serve God, call and they will answer. They are not taking that away. But there is also the place, glory be to God. By reason of stewardship, by reason of seeds you have sown for years, by reason of sacrifices you've made, when you call, God answers. Listen, don't rob yourself of that privilege as well. Don't rob yourself of being a Moses. Oh, your home may not be that you are delivering three million people. So maybe it's just that you are to serve in the technical department. Stay there and serve there. Can I hear a loud amen? So that the day you have to call, and I'm telling you, you will have those days. Someone said, I've never had them before. It's coming. <laughs> Glory be to God. God will answer you. 
the name that has been given us, the power that has been given us in Jesus and in that name is superior to everything we can ever face in this life. And our part is to call and use that name. I was telling them in a prayer meeting yesterday, there is none of us here that can ever fulfill prophecy by ourselves. It is God that prophesies, glory be to God, through us. So there will be speed, God said. There will be promotion, God said. There will be multiplication, God said. And it is the hand of God that comes to fulfill what God has said. It's not Pastor T that will fulfill the prophecy God gave him. No. But what Pastor T can do, glory be to God, and what you can do is to position yourself. Number one, to hear the prophecy God is speaking to your life. Hallelujah. And to position yourself so that the hand of God can come upon you. Glory to God. And fulfill that word in your life. That's what we are teaching here this morning. And I will say to you for the obtained time, your stewardship can make a lot of difference. In the place of your revelation of the things of God. So no demon will be telling you, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. Who are you? Just by the sound of your voice, the demon will know that, ah, this guy too knows the Jesus is calling. Hallelujah. And then the answer from heaven. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Two responsibilities for me this morning that God told me. Number one, get them into where they ought to be. That's why I showed you the things I showed you. Get them where they ought. If you are not serving, get into service. Start from somewhere. Next Sunday, I will show you two other ways you can serve God. In case this first two doesn't gel with you. There are four major platforms in this church where you can serve God. Find one. It may not even be perfect. Start from there. Hallelujah. Get them where they ought to be. And then pronounce the power in my name over them. Hallelujah. And as people repent and position themselves in stewardship as they ought, when that name is sounded over their life, God said there will be an answer from heaven. Hallelujah. I will say that to you again. When you are rightly positioned, every time the name is sounded over your life, there will be an answer from heaven. Rise on your feet this morning. Moses called, Aaron called, Samuel called, and God answered them. I decree over you as the name of Jesus is mentioned over your life today. Because you are where you ought to be, you are positioned as you ought to be positioned. You are laying aside the things that are hindering you from running your race. And you are running your race looking unto Jesus. I decree over you in these next six months, there will be amazing answers from heaven over your life. In the name of Jesus. Nobody under the sound of my voice will miss out on what God has for them this season. In the name of Jesus. You will experience amazing recovery. What the enemy has stolen from you, <laughs> what the enemy has taken from you that you ought to be enjoying as you reposition yourself in your place of stewardship and as you run the race that I said before you, I declare total restoration in the name of Jesus. Oh, that name is a powerful name. Lift your hands, magnify him, bless him this morning. Jesus. I want you to call on that name where you are. Jesus. Call on that name. Align yourself in stewardship and call on that name. The God whose I am. And the God whom I serve. 
find that scripture for us in Acts, I, I believe it's Acts 24, when, when Paul was going through that shipwreck. Call on that name this morning, the God whose I am and the God whom I serve. I want to believe everyone here has heard the voice of God and you have made up your mind to serve God for the rest of your days. I tell you, every time you are positioned as you ought in stewardship, the name of Jesus answers for you on a higher frequency. Come on, lift your hands. Call on that name. Your business will not go down. Because you are serving God and you are seeing to it that God's business does not go down. Your business will not go down. Listen, 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 listen. Listen. Please hear me very well. I am still a grace preacher. And I know this sometimes may be a bit confusing from the teaching of grace. You see, this is why I call the oxymoron of scriptures. It is vital and true that there's a place where God just blesses you the way you are. You don't serve God, He blesses you. I'm not taking that down. And I'm not knocking that out. See, this is where I think we've had problems in church. Everybody just wants to stay in one camp rather than preach the whole council of scriptures. I'm not touching that. I am telling you equally, hallelujah, equally, not less, less, less than, equally, there is a place where heaven responds to you because you are in stewardship. That's what I'm telling you. And I'm challenging you, be smart. When the Bible offers you two, don't take one. Because there may be days, is that second one you need. Hallelujah. Like I said on Wednesday, don't just say because you can study the scriptures and get wisdom, you can pray in the spirit and get wisdom, you will now fail to learn in walking in the fear of the Lord to get wisdom. The Bible teaches all three of them. There's a place of prayer to get wisdom. There's a place of study to get wisdom. There's a place of reverencing God to get wisdom. There's a place of pure grace and mercy of God for protection. There's also a place of the God whose I am and the God whom I serve. Why rob yourself of that benefit? Now lift your hands where you are. Align your hearts. You are either serving God or not. Get into stewardship and call on that name. Call on that name. This week you will see amazing answers. God doesn't wait for your perfection. God waits for your repentance. This week, this week, you will see amazing favor. Just once you align, I, I, I want to serve you more than I've ever done before, Jesus. Somebody, your heart needs to align. Two things God told me. Get them into position. Get them into position. Get them into position. Every man lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares you and run the race that I said before you. Get yourself into position. What position? Pastor, position of stewardship. Position of stewardship. I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times. Stewardship. That's the key. Stewardship. Find a place where you serve your father. Find the responsibility that you carry on your shoulders, on your head, upon your life for God. Serve Him. Serve Him. Serve Him for the abundance of everything. Serve Him. Serve Him. Serve Him. Serve Him. And your first step is to align your heart. Align your heart. Don't tell yourself, no, it doesn't matter if I don't serve. Oh, don't tell yourself, the last time I tried to serve, I was hot. Mm -mm. Lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets you and run with patience the race that is set before you 
That's the first thing. That's the first thing. And the second thing, I call on the name of Jesus over your life. Hallelujah. And I decree over you that name will do amazing wonders in your life this week. Lift those hands to heaven. Hallelujah. Pray in the spirit with me. Oh, Align yourself in stewardship. I'm going to pray a powerful prayer over you this morning. And from this moment forward, everything will begin to change. Pray, pray in the spirit. Name of Jesus, I had another name. Pray, pray in the spirit. Listen. Listen. Look at me, everybody. Look at me, everybody. I'm standing in my office this morning as a pastor of this church. God told me, anyone that will serve him, this prayer I'm going to pray this morning. And that's why God told me to teach what I shared with you this morning. Anyone that will serve me in this church, this prayer, I'm just going to call on the name of Jesus. We're going to sing that song a couple of times. I'm going to call on that. That name is above every sickness that is plaguing your body right now. What do you mean by above? It's more powerful. That name is more powerful than every economic challenge that is plaguing your life. It doesn't matter what's going on in the country. The name of Jesus is greater than the nation Nigeria. It's higher than every name in this world. But God showed me your stewardship can affect the impact of the operation of that name in your life. I'm not tricking you. You know, I, I, I shared scriptures. No, some people are amazing. You see a lot of this on the internet. They will want to use one scripture to nullify another scripture. It doesn't make sense. They are both scriptures. Ah, one is Old Testament, one is New Testament. It's a lie. There's nothing like that. The God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. Yes. The covenant has changed, but the God has not changed. So, there are so many things that are applicable under the old, that are also applicable in the new. Don't let any devil tell you that your life will be better if you don't serve God. They are deceiving you. They are robbing you. And part of what they rob you of is the power in the name of Jesus to do amazing things in your life. There is no way Peter would have been able to pray for that leper in the name of Jesus if he wasn't a servant of God. He will never have had the revelation and God will never have answered him. Even if one way or another I got the revelation like the seven sons of Sceva. There's a place for service. And you start from where you are. You don't have to be a pastor. Hallelujah. So I hope you have aligned in your heart. Because me, I can't see your heart too. I'm going to pray that prayer in a minute. You are still here fighting with God whether you want to serve God or not. I don't know how else I can help you. But when I speak what God told me to speak this morning, there's no way your life will remain the same. Oh, hallelujah. 
Maybe just five people believe me. I said, when I speak this morning, what God told me to speak over this church, there's no way your life will remain the same. I love that young man's testimony we shared. And I, I know him. I know the guy. Sometimes he will get a job, it will fail. If you get a job, it will fail. But this time, God seems to have settled him and it's amazing. It's good to see the way his life is changing. And I knew how he was serving while he was going through those challenges. Lift your hands where you are. I'm going to pray in a minute. Align your hearts to serve God. Please sing that song a couple of times. Align your heart before. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00640.